I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Life, like parenting, again. It doesn't feel like around, it feels like on top of it. Feels like we're trapped under it, is that what you're saying? Lately, yeah. Yeah, lately. So, you did take the boy to therapy to discuss what we talked about last episode, the the fears of gender. Yes. And did it turn out that he was actually afraid of gender? No, he doesn't seem to be afraid of gender. He did seem glad to clarify a couple things. Yeah. You know, when he when he's trying to describe like he says, "Well, I don't I don't understand like what what happens if it's like pills or medicine or shots or surgery and and uh, i said well usually it's all of those things Uh uh-huh and he's like oh okay yeah and then the other thing he seemed worried about was that he he didn't when i said this to him he he had not been clear that i couldn't like decide he's going to be a girl right so That's... that's my way of simplifying it but his questions were something about kids and i said well People have to wait until they're adults to decide for themselves. And he says, oh, not kids? And I said, well, no, some kids can get help from their doctors and their parents if they're transgender and they need help with pills or medicine, as he said. But that would be that they would clarify that first. Mm -hmm. You know, they want that. Like, would grandma want to be a boy? No. You know, Mm -hmm. does mommy want to be a boy? No. Right. You know, so um, did you think any of those people would want to, you know, if their girl be a boy or if their boy be a girl or if their man be a woman? Right. And he says, well, you, but, you know, not like grandma and stuff. And I said, okay, so then it's clear to them what they would want to do. It's not something that just falls out of the sky and happens. Right. You know, but what wasn't clear to him somehow was, and I was concerned where he got this fear because... I know he didn't, I, I know, I, I, know I, I can't imagine anything in our house that would make him think that somebody would decide for him. So I'm just wondering where he got that fear. There, I'm suspicious of where he got this fear. There are lines of thinking in conservative communities that I can't even make my kids eat broccoli, but somehow I am making my trans kid perform the right gender that I want to give them. That, that parents are making kids trans by letting them transition. And so I don't know if he heard some of that somewhere from one of his friends or from friends' parents or from overhearing other discussions. That's the only place I can imagine him ever hearing that someone would be choosing his gender for him. I was more suspicious that maybe his mother said something that made him uncomfortable. I think that is entirely possible. She is clearly oversharing again. And it wouldn't surprise me if she's using that approach to sabotage. I mean, help him figure things out. Well, I don't have any evidence of it, so I'm just going to have to skip it and check in with him again later. And that often works well for him, is Mm -hmm. once I know something is confusing or has been concerning to him, I can check with him days or a week or two later and say, hey, we talked about this with a therapist, and what do you think about that? Or do you have any more questions about that? And most of the time, he has no questions. Yes. He's like, oh, whatever. I, I'm not worried about that anymore. That seems reasonable to me. So, um, and if he does, then, then we have a chance to clarify. Now, 
I hadn't thought about his mother possibly putting those thoughts in his head or saying things that would be concerning about the topic or leading him toward that topic, except in that if he ever expresses concerns about anything, she leans into it because they do that with each other. They both tend to spiral around each other when anything is bothering either of them. But now that you say it that way, it makes me wonder because... I just got my driver's license changed. Yep. And I've been posting on Facebook about it pretty regularly since I decided to do that all the way through the process. Right. And we'll discuss the process in a little bit because it's really cool. It made me happy. Mm-hmm. But it fits with her MO that she would see me talking gender, 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 gender. And she says, well, it didn't work last time that I tried to make Jess the problem, but if I make something Jess is doing the problem, maybe George will connect it to her. It it could be, uh, you know, it's possible, I suppose, but it may even be subconscious, you know, Mm -hmm. of that that's a problem for her. So now she's made it a problem for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There's no reasoning to any of it. There's no logic. No, of course not. There's no way to understand what might happen or how something might have happened and the explanations never make any sense. No, but we're not, not to me dealing with reasonable people. I just I try to I try to find the most reasonable part of it I can deal with and deal with that part and move on from there. Mhm. Well, that's also what makes you good at your job, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Which was yeah. kind of wild. I watched you like you you got into work mode the other night at the dinner table with the boy. It was kind of great. Well, he can get very sensitive, and and we hadn't realized at that point that you hadn't made sure he took his middle-of-the-day meds. And we had both prompted him to take them, but I had not actually followed through and checked that he had, yes, taken them. You're the one that was home, so you could check the bottle. That is correct. Whereas I could only say, go check your bottle, Mm -hmm. but my day was so entirely busy that... You were at work. I didn't have time for this. Um, yeah. And and he probably called me and texted me 15 times that morning. Oh my gosh, that morning was nuts. I have taken a couple days off so that I can help these kids get ready to go back to school. Yep. And so that I can have some time with them because I don't get the whole summer off like I used to. Right. And for the most part, it's been pretty good. Except the other morning, he was just looking for something to fight about and looking to pull rank every chance he got. That's why he was calling you every time I said anything. He's like, I'm going to ask my dad about that. I'm going to talk to my dad. Around the 15th time, I finally said to the people I was working with, let me just step out and make a quick call because my phone keeps going off. Right. And I went outside and I said, look, I am working and you cannot keep calling me. You're going to have to wait until I'm done with what I'm doing and I call you, which I usually try to call him in between clients if he's Mm -hmm. home. However, I wasn't specifically making time for it that day because you were home. Yeah, I think he still has some of that residual if he follows my directions or obeys me in any way that he somehow is doing something terrible or disobeying his mother somehow. It might be creating some discomfort for him. But? So I was trying to walk him through something. We were talking about how he had been using foul language on the video games. Right. And he... He was a ball of tears over the fact that they were calling him names and calling you names. Your mama this and your daddy that. Well, I I was trying to understand because 
what do you mean they're saying things? Like, I'm trying to understand what he's saying. He's like, well, they're saying things like, you're only here because your daddy's condom broke. And he starts crying because he feels like he's not supposed to be here. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, well, that's the farthest thing from the truth I can think of. We have court papers that describe very clearly how your womb donor told the social worker that you were made. She, she was, um. well, I just said to him, he, I said, what do you mean a mistake? Nobody is a mistake. And why would it matter? You know, I was just trying to understand. I, I don't know what to say about that. But Well, that's the thing. The, the way that you approached it and the way that you were talking to him across the table as a 12 going on seven year old, you know, and interacting with him with this combination of detachment and compassion that was it was pretty clear that you 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 had slipped into therapist mode for a few minutes well i I had to deal with it for sure right i I can't let him run around talking like that and the the point of the matter not wasn't what i what I told him is it doesn't matter to me what other people were saying. what matters to me is what was heard coming out of your mouth about right. it right and then he said, well, something about that his mother had been raped. And I said, that's absolutely not true. And that's when I explained to him. He was the product of perfectly good sex. That's right. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. And it made him laugh, too. It did. Yeah, hearing, it did, yeah. hearing his father say perfectly good sex at the dinner table. <laughs> I told him, her explanation to the social worker, which is in the court report, indicates that she decided to have sex with somebody and had perfectly good sex. Yup. She decided she would do that, and she liked it, and it was fine. And here you are. So he wasn't sure what to do besides laugh because right. I said that. Right. Know. And because there are so many other negative circumstances around his womb donor, around his biological mother. I well, I asked him who told him that, and he said people. And I said, what people? And he said, people in my family. And I thought, oh, this is another one of those problems that came from when his brother was here. Uh-huh. I'm sure. So I had to follow it up with, you know, and that's okay if people, when you're an adult, if you want to share your body with somebody because it's fun, that's a good thing. You can make yourself happy and make other people happy that way when you're an adult. Yes. And like to, to take away any association that he might have with all of the other negative characteristics around that woman mm -hmm. and to isolate this thing that Casual sex can be okay. Because mm -hmm. I know what the papers say. Right. And so I think we got it. And you were kind of amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Good job, Dad. Yeah, that, that one worked out okay. I don't feel like the rest of the... No, the rest of it will keep working. The, re the rest of the week hasn't been very smooth. but No, it hasn't. And I think he's also not just anxious about his mother and things that she's been oversharing about her health and such, but also just anxious about going to middle school. It's a big transition. And he knows when he's honest with himself, he knows he's really not ready. He knows he's not really cognitively 12. And it bothers the heck out of him. When I said something the other day that I wasn't going to let him go to the park or something because he hadn't asked first before we had left the house that morning. We've been practicing walking to the school because that's what you do with a 12 going on seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. We practice. Mm -hmm. He lost his temper and I said something he about... He lost his mind. But... He, he did. He was going off on our way home. But yeah, he was accusing me of stealing from you, which is kind of hilarious, and accusing me of stealing from number zero. But he, yeah, I said something about 
you can't lose your temper when you don't get what you want. And something about it being age appropriate and the fact that I even touched on it being age appropriate just completely sent him over the edge because he knows that's a sensitivity of his. If I had been thinking, I would have picked a different approach, but it was what it was. I was not thinking. I was trying not to go into crisis mode myself. It's hard because he's been really slamming the buttons and jamming them in there. Yeah, he has. Um, but And I think he is anxious about school. He's not saying a darn thing about that, but usually he does say he doesn't want to go to school or he doesn't like it. Or But when we were at the therapist, he did mention school. Well, the therapist asked him about school, uh-huh. knowing that that can sometimes be an anxiety. And right. He said he was and wasn't glad to go back to school. He was glad to go back because... His friends, you know, would be there. But then he went on and on about bullies. And then he went on and on about how the bullies are not a problem. So it made about as much sense as somebody else who explains things to me. And I expect it from him. And now I expect it in general. That's the thing. I think he's a little bit more hesitant now to complain about bullies because he was outed as a bully last year and the year before. Oh, he went on about them. Um, he started with a whole sob story about bullies. Uh-huh. And then he basically described how he's, you know, his, his different approach to that now. And then made himself, you know, the hero and the victor of his story. So... The hero and the victim? No, the hero and the the victor. The winner? The winner. Yes, that would be the hero. I don't see the difference yeah, but, between those but, two things. Okay, so... He saved himself and so he won? Yes, it okay. wasn't really connected well. Maybe okay. that's why it's separate in my mind. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Now, you know what I'm talking about, but maybe nobody else The The way this will. kid explains things, he'll, he'll say things that completely contradict one another and not realize that he's being self-contradictory. And he will say things that don't match up or don't necessarily correlate into the same story, even if they aren't directly contradictory. But he just doesn't have that awareness of what is or isn't reasonable. And so I can understand now how you could say the hero and the winner. I win the bullies. (laughs) Yeah. Anyhow, he he mostly seemed to be worried about his mother just describing some behavior that he didn't like about her paying her bills and being behind on them and about her health. And her health was actually the last thing. The first thing was about her job and whether or not she has her job. I don't know, but that she was doing something on the iPad and lost everything. And then she threw it and he wasn't sure if it was broken. And and you shouldn't be throwing things around your kid. And that her water bill was so much money. And he, he seemed to know the like general amount mm-hmm. and that she didn't have the money to pay it. and And now she doesn't have her job. And then it was about... The last thing was, and my mom has cancer, like that, just like that. Yeah. On and on and on, detailed problems of his her behavior, and then and um, I was like, wow, okay. And that's in a moment of coping humor, and I must clarify and frame this as coping humor. Mm-hmm. I jokingly said to you, "Why can't it ever be anything fatal?" And you pointed out that she has had numerous supposedly fatal things before. Mm-hmm. And I said that does not meet the definition of fatal. Then no. And so I, I question. They're her. all in that category of potentially fatal. And most people, think when they hear of these particular illnesses, would say, oh, you know, that's going to be the end of that. And she has supposedly overcome numerous of these now. She may have. That's entirely possible. As, far, as long as I've ever known her, she's always been at an extreme. There's no middle ground. 
They are alike that way. Yes, that's true. And that may be why he has that connection with her. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really don't because I don't have that personality and it makes it really hard for me. And I'm very aware of how hard it is for parents of adopted kids where the parent and the child have very different personalities. And I know that makes it hard for him too. So I I try to find ways to deal with that for both of us. Um, Yeah, that's that's very good of you to do that. and, And her personality personality is a little more in his direction but she also gets very worn out by his antics everyone gets worn out by his antics he's probably worn out by his antics we finally got school supply lists and we went school shopping this morning and oh my gosh it's just taking him and his sister numbers two and three to two stores three stores you needed a break after two stores and you got your break and then you were okay to go to a third but you you needed you needed a minute to gather yourself before you were okay after just two stops well if you want to try to understand what it's like dealing with him it's like think of somebody that you just gave LSD and cocaine to. Okay? So they're tripping, they're not making any sense, and they've got all these unreasonable ideas and demands, and they're as hyper as hell about it. Oh, fuck. Coming from someone who used to work in substance abuse, yes, okay. I I, I see this now. I mean, that's the easiest way for me to describe it. Yeah, it, it really... I would not have thought to put it that way, but I also don't have that frame of reference. So, yeah, I can see that. That's wild. And it's draining. It really is. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it drains her as well because she has significantly less physiological resources to draw upon to find that cognitive and emotional strength to deal with the crazy. Well, one of the things that I think happens when he, like, he missed his mom and he kept saying to me last week, uh, I miss my mom. And I said to him, look, just call her and go there. You can do that. And he says, well, what if she can't drive? I'll drive you there. Before he finished his sentence, I was saying that. Okay. Yeah. Let me get in the car right now. I'll drive you there. Because I don't want him to miss his mom Mm -hmm. when there's no reason for him to. Right. He could call her or he could see her or he could FaceTime her or whatever. And sometimes he actually does miss her, but sometimes he misses the idea of her. Like he'll say that he misses his mom, but then when he's given the opportunity to actually do that, he won't. Well, he misses the part of her that's not available at that moment. Right. And that's normal. People do that. Yeah. And he did go see her. Mm -hmm. And when he goes to see her and her health is very strange, They do want to see each other. They do miss each other. But she doesn't have the energy. She doesn't have the wherewithal to deal with him, despite that she would really like to spend time with him. Mm -hmm. And he then isn't going to get any attention from her because all of her energy is being used up by whatever she's coping with physically and then emotionally. Right. And... So what happens when she's very taxed by her health, and this is from my view. I only have my view, so that's all I can tell this microphone. But your view is informed by over a decade's worth of relationship with her, as well as an additional decade's worth of his reports on her. Right. And so typically what happens, what I see is he comes to a point where he knows to get her attention, he has to become overly emotional. And he probably already is overly emotional because he's not getting his mother's attention. Because when she is available to him, she's doting on him. And that's very nice for him. He likes it. Not that I think some people don't, but you know, actually there are some people who don't. Um, Anyhow, outside of psychology. (laughs) um, (laughs) 
So then he amps it up until he hits a point where she's paying attention. And that is usually what later is described as over-exaggerating. Uh-huh. Those are his words, over-exaggerating. Yep. They, they get carried away by the situation. They do. They do. And so. it doesn't come out well. Yeah, but they do spiral around each other like that, and it's hard. And I feel bad for him because, you know, I, I remember what it was like to have a sometimes present parent. And I remember terrorizing my father because it was the safe place to let out the stress of having been with my mother. Mm-hmm. And I see him do that to us on the regular. And number three used to do that. She's gotten, I don't know if she's gotten better about containing it. She's made it pretty clear that she sort of bottles up her feelings. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she still has that stress or if it's something else going on or if she's, things have generally mellowed over there. But I, I feel bad for him because I remember that feeling and it's no fun. No, it's no fun. And... I feel bad for him because he is a type of person that needs the most stability possible. Yeah, he is. So that makes it more difficult for him. It does. And... We can't change everything in the world. No, we can't. We can't. And I feel bad. Like, in hindsight, I can recognize that if my father had cut off contact with my mother, my world would have objectively been a better place. Mm -hmm. But I can't say the same thing for him. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably attached to his mother differently. Yeah. Because even though he Because he's not autistic and actually attaches to people. That's part of it. Okay. <laughs> and he is pretty emotional. Yes. Um, so that amps up that, that part of mm-hmm. the uh, attachment. But I was going to go to psychology again. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Anx- go to psychology. Anxious attachment. Yes. So I think because he's developmentally younger, he needs his mommy too that way. Yeah. And he does, from the times when she's been very available, you know, as available as she gets, he feels that love and that's a good thing. And so he He experiences that weird cycle that they do where they get way too into each other. He experiences that intensity as somebody being genuinely invested in him. He experiences that as affection. I think, no, I think that he knows when it's gone too far. But he likes the part before it goes too far. You know, he, he, he likes, hasn't connected the part before with the, the going too far. He knows it's going to go too far. He he's not he's not that dumb. You know, he may be um, a lot of things. <laughs> start start. We want to start with you know the A's or the B's. You no, know, whatever no. you want to start with. But we, we don't need the full list right now. But we're almost at time. He he wants it to be right, and most kids who have a parent who's not functioning the way they would be as an as at at their optimum capacity or what should be a minimal parenting capacity Mm -hmm. um they want that yeah and so he would he would not do well i do i think he does better no we try to keep him afloat um but i think that if we tried to remove her, he would just fight us. Yeah. And then we would be the problem about everything. And that would make him very unhappy. Yeah. So instead, what I let him do is not be there if he doesn't want to be there. And he didn't mm-hmm. want to be there Right. the other day. He wanted to be there so bad. But then when he realized it wasn't going the way he wanted it to go, he didn't want to be there anymore. And so he had me come and get him. Yep. And he can do that. Mm-hmm. You're such a good dad. I'm exhausted, dad. Yes, you are. And I already took a nap. I'm sorry. (laughs) So we didn't get to the driver's license thing. We'll talk about that next time. Okay. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about? This totally went off the rails because parenting is freaking hard. Um, I think that's it. Okay. 
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. You looked like you were about to hiccup on the word podcast. You're like, I didn't feel a hiccup, but it came out funny. Do you want me to do that over? A podcast. A podcast? I don't know. Pod goose. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> did it turn out, and did it turn out that he was actually going to eat the fly? <laughs> The, the dog will eat the fly if he figures out it's there, but... But it would have to get down low enough that our tiny dog could get him. Anyway. Yes, I did just flip off a house fly. Yes, it's bothering you. It is. <laughs> While you were, we're trying to record. So anyway. The middle school has an ice cream social tonight. Oh. We should ask the boy if he wants to go. Yeah. He's, he, he was really eager to go yesterday. To go eat ice cream or be social? Both. Yes. Never mind. Why did I ask? <laughs> Ha 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 ha!